All right, everybody. Welcome to BO Boys for Monday, November 13th. F it. It's a raw feed. We're doing it live. I'm Clayton. Yeah, I'm Pat. Clayton, we're coming in hot because we have a di- we've been having some of the biggest disagreements of all time in recent weeks. And I feel like we're coming into this already disagreeing on how we should start this show. Because to me, this was a monumental weekend in Hollywood. And I know you want to start one way. I want to start another. But uh, already coming in hot. It's ridiculous that you want to start the way you want to start. But can we agree on what we always start with? Yes. Which is, you say it. Right. Give us a plow. I don't think we should start that way. Are you fucking kidding? We always start with the plow. All right, let's start with the plow. Clayton, could you give us a plow for the box office weekend of Friday, November 10th, 2023? Yes. The Marvels, number one, with $47 million, an all-time low for the MCU. Number two, Five Nights at Freddy's made $9 million, down 53%. It lost 95 theaters. It's at $127.2 million in its third weekend. Number three, Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour event made $5.9 million, down 57%. It lost 756 theaters. It's at $172.5 million in its fifth weekend. Number four, Priscilla made $4.7 million, down 5%. It added 1,000 theaters. It's at 12.7 in its third weekend. And number five, Killers of the Flower Moon made $4.6 million, down 32%. It lost 429 theaters. It's at $59.9 million in its fourth weekend. Absent Journey to Bethlehem, which went down to number seven, 2.4. Looks like that one is not going to pop off. I was wrong, had it in my top five. And you and David Thompson were right. Yeah, Um Journey to Bethlehem, it's a musical. It's got, what, Antonio Banderas, it's upbeat. And it it does seem like the church bus crowd, that's not what they want nowadays. Mm-mm. They they don't want upbeat musicals, singing Jesus, singing uh, wise men, you know, sing, singing infant Jesus, singing just. They don't want that. They want they 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 want uh, you know action movies set in the jungle, and that that's what they want. Right I, I think now. They, and hey, give it to them. Give they it want to them. they want serious drama, and I think that's actually yes. a good thing for the church bus crowd to right. be like. We don't want this corny s hit anymore right we, we you know because we have the chosen we have these different things now the, no longer will we take corny stuff so that's right. good right so yeah they want sound of freedom they don't want uh singing uh, uh singing wise men so that's fine all right listen you know let's start the way you want to start i want to start with this wiley coyote story Fine, yeah. we won't start with Wiley Coyote. Good, we'll start with you, the lowest grossing MCU movie of all time, the lowest grossing Marvel movie since what they were putting out, you know, Blade movies in the 90s. That, that you know, you, you have to go back pre Iron Man to find a lower grossing <laughs> Marvel movie than, yeah, this weekend's the Marvel. So, you and, think that's the biggest story in, in Hollywood? Oh, right? uh, of course it's the biggest story. It's ridiculous you didn't think it was. We'll get to it. We'll get to Acme. We'll get to this Looney Tunes movie that you're so hyped up about talking about. But, okay, here's the okay. thing. Let's get into it. 
did not do Morbius numbers 39 no. million, which is what no. I called. Yeah. But it it wasn't out of the realm of possibility, which no. is it, crazy. And this is 47 million right now is an estimate. It is gonna go down. So you it think might not Monday Monday actuals gets to like 45, 46 yeah. million. It's yeah. closer to Morbius than it is to um it, it's basically equidistant between Morbius and the lowest grossing MCU movie of all time, which was what the incredible Hulk. The, yeah. The which Norton was, I Hulk believe movie. 55. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's very close to Morbius, which is stunning. Stunning. Yeah. $47 million. It's mm -hmm. that's a ridiculously low number. Shout out to wannabe. Oh boy. Austin. Yep. OG wannabe. Oh boy. Austin. He went yep. with $45 million. Wow. And at the, you know, Tomorrow morning, when you're listening to this, that could be the number or that very close number. to it. So yes. this yes. guy knew what he was talking about. Yeah, I, of course, had to go for Morbius because it would have been so historical to make that call. Yeah. Where yeah. were you, Pat? You were in the 50s. I, I think I went uh, uh, 50 something. I think I had it. I think I may have had it beating Incredible Hulk. I think I went 56. David Thompson went in the 60s. Yeah. I, I Listen. My thinking when we recorded the preview episode on Wednesday night, Thursday morning, is that the floor of a big Marvel movie, even with superhero fatigue, even with no actors promoting this for the last couple of months, even with all that, I still thought the floor for a Marvel movie would be 50s or 60s. I mean, Quantum Mania, for all of the problems that had, disliked movie everyone crapping on the special effects ahead of time, you know, people being sick of it before it came out, that's still open to a hundred and like $2 million in a three day. Mm -hmm. So, so to me, the floor for a Marvel movie still had to be in the fifties or sixties. So for this now to go under 50 is stunning. I mean, we have been talking a lot about why this movie seemed like it was going to underperform I still think the biggest thing is just the genre is tired and, and not just tired. I think it was tired a year ago. I think we're heading into reviled territory mm, mm -hmm. with the superhero genre. I, I, I don't think it had anything to do with this movie in particular. I no. haven't seen this movie, the Marvels. I probably will never see this movie at this point. Uh, there are many Marvel movies where I'm just not going to see them. Yeah. And I think that the movie itself did not matter one no. way or another. It didn't make the performance any less. If the, if the release dates were reversed, quantum mania this weekend would have opened to $47 million. Yeah. I think that's really important to, to uh, really talk about when it comes to this movie, right? Because yeah. there's going to be a lot of chatter online as there always is about what are the reasonings for this? And yeah. there's going to be a lot of things where it's about the director and about the people in this movie. And the facts are, this is a bottom tier Marvel character. Mm -hmm. That is why you cannot get away with that anymore. Going forward, these movies have to be Iron Man movies, Captain America movies, maybe Black Panther movies, but there's no Black Panther anymore, really. I mean, Chadwick right, Boseman right. was Black Panther, so you're not going to get away with what they did with this last one again. You're just not. 
Right, right. Black Panther 2 was was coasting on the what will they do? People, first one was so beloved. Yeah. You know, I, I do think even with Black Panther 2, there was some thought for for just general audiences that they may have thought they had filmed some stuff with Chadwick Boseman that mm-hmm. was going to be in the movie. Like, I honestly do think some amount of people were going to that movie thinking the original Black Panther may have been in some scenes. Like, honestly, yeah. not, I, I do think that was part of it. So the, those sequels are now going to be in the same boat as these other Marvel uh, uh, franchises. And and like David Thompson said, Spider-Man, you know, when he cut yep. the shit at the end of our episode, when he was yep. talking directly to Marvel, because obviously yep. Marvel listens, Sony listens, Paramount listens, they all listen. He said, Spider-Man, more Spider-Man. And that is smart because that is what people want. Now, you know, they have pushed all the other movies out of 2024, except for Deadpool 3, because I think Deadpool 3 is as close to a slam doink as you're going to get. Yes. But after yes. this, you know, uh, still like, who knows? Because Kevin Feige, he's got his little fingies in there. He's got his fingies. Yeah. And is he doing his bullshit where it's like, well, we got to add this thread and add this thread and add this thread instead of being like, let Deadpool piss all over it. Let Deadpool yes. piss all over your continuity. Cause that's why people like the first two movies. Cause he yes. didn't take that shit seriously. He, Deadpool killed the Deadpool from Wolverine Origins at the end of the second movie, right? As a goof. Deadpool 3, I think they need to, and again, Deadpool is the easiest movie to just rewrite on the fly because you just, it's all voiceover. He's under the mask and and you just just rewrite it and re-loop the voiceover. Deadpool 3 should be about the box office performances of the recent superhero movies. Yeah, like honestly, Deadpool should be uh, constantly talking about the opening weekend of Quantumania, opening weekend of the Marvels. Have him, of course, talk about Blue Beetle and Shazam too. Uh, you know, because that—that's the thing with Deadpool's. He'll go the places where you, where other superheroes won't go, and that's what that movie should be about. It should be a meta movie about the box office decline of superhero movies. And throughout that movie, he's tracking his own opening weekend box office and seeing it go up and up and up, then goes down right before the third act because the hero is in crisis. So the end of the end of the second act of Deadpool three is, oh, my God, this movie is going to open lower than the Marvels. Mm -hmm. And then, boom, third act, Deadpool kicks it into gear, gets that box office gross up to hundred and sixty million dollars by the end of the movie. That is what Deadpool three should be about. Well, there is a level of meta-ness to it about the Fox Disney merger because we already we've already seen photos of the set. Who knows if it is in the movie of mm-hmm. a crumbling 20th century Fox logo yep. that has been shot. So there will be those sort of things. Now, does Kevin Feige have enough of a sense of humor when it comes to his job being in, in danger? Kevin here? Feige should be in Deadpool 3. And yeah. there needs to be a scene with with Deadpool where he's got like a sword up to his neck and Kevin Feige swears, I'm going to stop doing the, the Disney plus shows. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get Downey back. Deadpool three should be about Deadpool and Kevin Feige getting Robert Downey Jr. To sign up to play Iron Man yes. again in a future Avengers sequel. That yeah. is, and again, Deadpool movies, they could reloop the dialogue next week. It doesn't Absolutely. matter what the script was up until this week. It's just Deadpool walking around 
and you could have it be about him saying, we got to get Downey to sign into an Avengers sequel. Now, I'm going to jump right into demos here because I think demos okay. are very important to show why this movie is failing mm -hmm. and why Marvel is in major trouble. S this movie, The Marvels, yes, 65% male leaning with 45% mm -hmm. over 25, 22% women over 25, men under 25 at 20%, and women under 25 at 14% percent yeah right wow biggest demo is 25 to 34 when you look at these demos of five nights at freddy's things like that right right of course that's very youngster leaning but under 25 women for a movie that stars several women right and not that listen i don't want to be the guy who's like women only you know women should go see movies with women in it. Like, right, right. But there is a, there is a level of, Hey, I'd like to see a bunch of women on screen. I mean, that is something that Who is wouldn't? actually sure. what, what women actually think. Right. Okay. okay. But the women under 25 said, fuck this. I don't care. I don't care that there's women on the screen here because I don't care about Marvel. I don't care about this dorky shit. We are now in the, Serious hardcores. The serious yeah. hardcores are seeing this movie, and that is 47 million people and dwindling because 47 million dollars worth of people. Yeah, 47 million dollars worth of people. I'm sorry. My apologies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so that's what we're looking at. Dude, I sent you because it leaked everywhere. And David Thompson mm -hmm. again, name checking him, yeah. you know. He was talking about how the the stingers already leaked, like all the like, important information on from TikTok. this movie. They're on TikTok for yep. the dorks has leaked. Yep, and people were goofing on it. Yeah, and I sent it to you, and we were laughing at, laughing, it. laughing. We were having a laugh. We were having a laugh. We were having a laugh. It is so ridiculous. And Let, and let's we don't, say right now, spoiler alert, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. We're gonna we're gonna give spoilers for a stinger that was spoiled a week ago on TikTok, and also no one cares about it could we could yeah. we now say what the spoiler is for the reveals at the end of the marvels or, i mean can, can we can, could you say say the big one you sent me because we gotta hop we gotta let the wannabe oh boys wannabe oh girls wannabe oh people people have a laugh with us about these reveals so clay can you tell us what is the big stinger of who's going to be in a future Marvel movie? So it is Kelsey Grammer's beast from the X-Men movies. Oh now, number one, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, good. Good for Kelsey Grammer. Oh, great. Good for, for Kelsey, Kelsey Grammer. Grammer. He's having a amazing year. Frasier reboot yep. on Paramount Plus. So doing yep. some streamo business. Yeah. And he's in a huge Marvel movie as the stinger as the stinger as the, I mean, as the, when, when Marvel said, we've got to get young people excited about the MCU again, we got, what can we do? What can we do? Can we get Chalamet? Can we get, you know, Taylor Swift? No, I got it. Kevin Feige's. I got it. Kelsey Grammer is back as beast. That's going to reignite the flames with the young people of the MCU. And that's, that's what good. he said. 
and, and 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 you know we were pushing for x-men and 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 fantastic four do that as early as possible that seems to be the plan but yeah it is it's laughable here it's laughable. that laughable. you went from a few years ago with the Eternals, which is a movie that, you know, didn't had the same cinema score as this, mm -hmm. a B you had Harry Styles as the guy at the end right. in right. Thor. You had that uh, doofus from that Apple plus show as Hercules. That'll never happen, but you had that doofus, right? They had Hercules as a stinger in one. Yeah. Of and you know, against Dr. Strange, you had Charlie's Theron as Clea. So, like now we're in Kelsey Grammer territory. And I have well, nothing against Kelsey Grammer. And I think the he does uh, an amazing beast. The beast was great at the time, right. a great beast, but we are really in serious, dork heavy, not moving forward, only looking back territory because right, right. you have to have somebody new. You can't keep relying on these old stars now, which is what they're going to do going forward. I don't think they can do a X-Men without the legacy characters at this point because right. people well, they tried. allow it. They tried with X-Men uh, uh, New Class with Jennifer mm -hmm. Lawrence, who is it, as hot as anyone got at that time. And that movie did like 150 domestic total and they had to bring back all of the 90s X-Men to, to reboot that. And that was when it was at Fox. So uh, we've talked about it. X-Men is not a slam doink as no. far as like the thing that saves Marvel other than Deadpool, but the, the non-Deadpool X-Men that is not a slam doink. And the thing with Kelsey Grammer coming into this, it goes back to something you've been saying a lot about Marvel over the years. In the end, Marvel's Marvel is all about scheduling. Yes. And in the past though, their scheduling department was able to put together Avengers movies and mm -hmm. get Downey and Chris Hemsworth and Scarlett Johansson and Mark Ruffalo and Tom Hiddleston and all these big stars, Chris Evans, get schedule them to be together in a movie. Now their scheduling department is basically, hey, Kelsey Grammer is looking to promote the new streaming reboot of Frasier. So he'll do the Marvel's cameo. So it comes out the same week as his Paramount plus reboot and he and get that cross promotion. So we could get grammar and mm -hmm. that's what the Marvel scheduling department is able to pull off. Now. I mean, it's all again, it has nothing to do with this Marvel's movie. I really do think that if the Marvel's came out this past February, it would have opened to around a hundred million. And if instead quantum mania was opening this weekend, it opens to 47 million. The genre itself is just not cool. And, no. and it's, it's crossing over into it is a thing people are actively hating and goofing on. The well, superhero they, stuff, other than specific characters that people yes. want to see. And I do think it's going to start to affect to some degree even those, maybe like Batman, Spider Man, Deadpool, I think are impervious. But I don't think Deadpool's impervious, to be honest with you. Because you don't think that, that sort he, of he's got the, sort of he's humor. got the armor of quip with it, where he could make fun of the. Again, the next movie has to be about box office. I, I I think there could be a level of fatigue when it comes to Ryan Reynolds and his his sort of humor. I, right, I the think cell phone company stuff. Yeah, there there definitely is a you know 
there mm-hmm. was like Robin Williams was very, very big comedic wise for a long time. And then people were like, oh, my God, this guy needs to shut up. R.I.P. Obviously, but obviously, obviously, there obviously. there is going to be a level of fatigue with that humor. So I don't think Deadpool is ironclad. I think your ironclad ones for Marvel. You only got one is Spider-Man, who's alt- his refillable. Yeah. Iron Man is not refillable. Iron Man is a lame character without Robert Downey Jr. The, yes. the only one you have is Spider-Man and DC. The only ones you have are Joker and Batman. Those yes. are the two because Superman is a loser. And maybe this one, this James Gunn movie might be huge, but otherwise you're not going to be able to build a universe around uh, Superman because he's a goody two shoes. I mean, if the James Gunn movie ever comes out, because I mean, we'll get to it later. As we're seeing, even James Gunn isn't safe in terms of getting his movies released by. Warner I Brothers. mean, well, like, uh, we'll get compared to, to Superman. I mean, I, I we'll, think that's uh, apples and oranges. For, we'll but, get to it. We'll, we'll get, get to it. it. But. Yeah, I mean, this weekend, I think they were hoping, Disney was hoping that the the actor's strike ending and the ability of stars to promote, I think they hoped that last-minute push at the end of the week would do something. They got what Brie was it going to do? They got Brie Larson on The Tonight Show. She was sitting next to Jimmy. You know, I didn't see the interview. I don't know if Jimmy tussled her hair, you oh. know, uh, did his famous the- move. They may, they may have played, you know, karaoke beer pong. I'm not sure. I have not seen it. I have not watched it on YouTube. You're, but of course, talking was, about what he did, Trump's hair, the reverse the, Hugh Grant. The the famous reverse Hugh Grant. Yeah. yeah. As everyone knows it as. But mm-hmm. the, 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 uh, the actor is being able to promote last minute. I mean, listen, I sent this to you that Brie Larson was able to post on Instagram promoting Captain Marvel. And she posted a picture of herself in the suit looking as bored as humanly possible. And I'm not here to join in the, you know, all this bad faith anti Brie Larson because she should be bored because she is an actress who has been a great actress in things a long time ago, but we've seen her be a real actress. The people in these movies cannot any longer feign interest in the movies they're in you know the director of this film who directed a Candyman movie a few years ago that performed really well at the box office yeah summer of 2021 she has for a while now been trying she knew this was coming and she's been trying to distance herself from the impending failure of this movie and that is where people are at with these movies now they're not able to pretend you know, Downey crapped all over Iron Man when he was promoting Oppenheimer. The, the stars know that the, the audiences think this is lame. And so they have to, they cannot pretend that this is awesome anymore because yeah. they would just look bad. So, so you know, when Brie Larson posts a photo of herself looking bored in the superhero costume, she has to do that because she can't say this is the most exciting thing I've ever done because you just look even worse if you do that. Pat, you you're seeing bored. When I see that picture, uh-huh. I see somebody whose soul is being caged. I see somebody yeah. who is being held hostage. Mm-hmm. That's what I see. I don't yeah. see boredom in those eyes. Fear. I see. Oh, I mean, I have to do this, and I yes. hate that I have to do this. Yes, yes. There should be. She should be holding up a news uh, today's newspaper with her Instagram photo dresses, Captain Marvel. 
you know, yeah. because these are basically hostage kidnapping photos that they're posting on Instagram. That is what the I, end of the SAG strike has allowed is that Brie Larson can now post these kidnapping photos of herself in the Captain Marvel costume and say, go see this, please. They're they're Kevin Feige is telling me I have to tell you to go see this movie this weekend. Yeah. And and I so wish you're so right. I really wish and this, this is nothing against Paul Rudd or Peyton Reed or mm-hmm. anybody involved with the quantum mania mess. I do wish that this would have came out after the Marvels just because yes. it would have proved such a point that it isn't about what people are saying it's about. Right. It is about the fact that nobody wants to see these movies anymore nobody unless they movies. have marquee characters in them. And those marquee characters don't really exist anymore. Right, right. Yeah, it's uh, you went over the demos and you went over the huge shift where this is so now dominated by a male audience. Mm -hmm. And I think a big thing that we've seen this year and we're seeing right now at the box office is that women have their own superheroes at the box office, but it's not going to be just pick a female character from a superhero magazine and make a movie out of it. They don't care about Captain Marvel. I think if Wonder Woman came out next week, that would bomb. They don't care about that. Their superhero is Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift is the female superhero movie that is dominating at the box office. Their superhero is Barbie. You know, women have their big franchises this year that they are going to because they care about those. They don't care about this boy geek comic book stuff anymore and they shouldn't and they never should have it was it was sad that all these last 10 years the female audience and of course there's lots of women who love comic books blah 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 there's lots of everyone who loves everything Thank but you. so much of the last 10 years was a degree of fine i'll go fine i'll pretend i'm into this and maybe for some portion of the mcu hey it was interesting and cool enough that for a few years that audience actually did think they were into it or were into it but yeah now that's over and women have movies in a big way that they care about they've got barbie and taylor swift and not to just generalize it but in terms of giant blockbusters those movies are bigger than superhero movies right now yeah yeah and 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 I, i i also, listen, I'm the big I'm I don't want to call myself a hater because I'm not a hater, but no, we don't drink movie, the haterade. We never have. We drink our crime. Stomach, we drink. Yes, we drink. We drink crime. Crime. Logan Paul, our new United States champion. We yep. drink prime. One point two billion, baby. Mm-hmm. I don't want to discount the level of. Okay, I don't want to discount what Marvel did in those 10 years. All right. Oh, because, of course. because it's very easy to go back there and be like, people were being forced to whatever. Yes. They, they, it, it they were, un, they enjoyed it, was, it or they yes. thought they did at the time for sure. There was unprecedented run of movies and the way that everything weaved into it, it had never been done before on that yeah. level. Yeah. And, and that has to be applauded. Yes, But no win to bow out no win to pare down no win to focus on your strengths until you can come back stronger and that is the hubris that is killing marvel 
They thought people would watch TV shows every month. They thought people would see movies every three months. They oversaturated. I mean, not to talk about TV, but who wants to be a millionaire was great when it first came out. And then when it was on every night of the week, then people said, do we really need to see, you know, uh, Regis Philbin with his matching shirt and tie color? You know, remember when that was a big thing? He Oh, they were selling at Kmart and everyone was buying it. Right. And everyone was buying it. They oversaturated it. And yes. it became lame. And that yes. is what happened to Marvel. So Kevin yes. Feige. Regis I mean, was cool the same way Marvel was cool. And then Regis got lame the same way yeah. Marvel is now lame. It's a story Absolutely. as old as time. Yep. And so I do think that I don't know if it's smart or if it's saving face or if it's because of the strike, but moving those movies, moving Thunderbolts, moving Captain America, moving everything out of next year, except for yep. Deadpool, which is as close to us. Like I said, close to a slam dunk as possible. Even now, question mark here. I think they need to just do the regroup. Absolutely. Just do the regroup and yeah. figure it out and say, all right, are we doing X-Men? Is that our next thing? Let's wipe the slate clean here. And I think they have an ability to do that. Yeah. I think you talked, you mentioned paring down. And I do think that is not just paring down the amount of TV content they make, which it seems like they're already doing that. And they're going to disconnect the TV shows from the Marvel, from the movies, you know, and and allow people to, if you just want to watch the movies, all you got to do is watch the movies to go see a movie. But these budgets of these superhero movies, I think, have to come down because the box office is not going to be there to justify them costing $200, $300 million a movie. Other mm-hmm. than a Batman, a Spider-Man, a Joker, there's no guarantee anymore that these movies will ever make $600, $700, 800000000 million. They're just not going to. So I think they've got to figure out how to comp them to the budgets, you know, and there's inflation, but a blade movie in 1998 didn't need to make $300 million to be successful. Those movies were successful. Those nineties superhero movies, early 2000 superhero movies, because these now are going to be more and more. The hardcore fans are going to be who goes to see these, whether they're good or not. You know, I honestly, I don't think these movies and by some accounts, the Marvels was a fun movie, you know, but that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that the Marvels was better than Quantumania. The audience is just going to be smaller. And so they've got to make movies that don't cost as much because they are not going to be other than the three, four, you know, main characters. These are not going to be the biggest movies of the year anymore. They're just not. Thunderbolts cannot cost $280 million. It might have to at this point because they've already shot some of it and are redoing the whole movie, but you can't make a Thunderbolts in three years that costs 300 billion anymore because the, the, the box office will never justify it again. But you saying that this is better than some of the other movies. I mean, when we're talking cinema score and this is for the people who are the hardcores, this was the dudes who right. are Marvel obsessives who spoiler alert, spoiler alert, give a shit that at the end binary shows up, what which is, is a that? character that was a character from the uh, X-Men in the, in the 
eighties and nineties. Okay. Who is a different version of a Captain Marvel. Okay. And so dustbin, so bottom of the barrel, even for me, who was a comic book fan in the nineties and that era. Right. These people gave this a B, which is like giving it an F because Dr. Strange. That's how you interpret cinema scores is B equals bad. Dr. Strange, Multiverse of Madness got a B plus. Thor, Love and Thunder got a B plus. Eternals got a B. Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania got a B. So this is at the level, Mm -hmm. according to these fans, these hardcore dorks. This is a B level movie. Right. Which is bad. Which is B, which is bad, which is basically, an, uh, and I would say it's not enough because at least an F is interesting. A B right. is, is bad. Yes, absolutely. Right. So right. this is not a movie that I think is going to have legs. Uh, I mean, it the drop might be small on this, but who knows? I mean, it could also have like a, a Morbius level drop here. Well, well, I mean, we'll talk about it on our preview episode. And listen, schedules change. People get busy. This man especially gets yes. busy. Yes. Yeah. But I'm going to say it right here. As of this moment, Scott Mendelson is scheduled to be on the next episode of the B.O. Boys. And we'll be previewing the opening weekend of the Hunger Games reboot. Song of Snowbirds and, and Snakes or something. Maybe snow Snowboards? Snow. Well, Pat, snowboards. I would say... But, but that movie, that Hunger Games reboot, that could, and again, we'll go into detail in the next episode, that could completely cut the legs off of this Captain Marvel second weekend. Completely. And all I'm going to say, all I'm going to say is learn the title of that movie. You got to learn the title Song of that Birds movie. Songbirds and because, Snakes. Songbirds and Snakes. Yeah. And that's the thing is, again. Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. I just remembered. I wasn't looking. I was not Googling. I was just going through the old mind, old-fashioned way, and I saw it in my head. Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Craziest year for box office we've had in a very long time because of this this shift. And I think this Hunger Games prequel is going to be part of that because and we'll get into it. We'll get into it. Possibly with Scott Mendelson, but his schedule is packed. So he, he may have to pull out last minute, but as of this moment, yeah. Before we talk about Acme, the thing that people are so worried about is if Marvel movies start bombing, theaters are going to go under because what's going to be Marvel. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Because we've seen daddy coming home right now. Daddy, daddy is okay. fucking home. Okay. Daddy is daddy, home. Daddy, talk to us, Daddy. Look at what look at these out of nowhere hits that have happened. Mm-hmm. And I'm not gonna say Barbie's out of nowhere, but it definitely was way bigger than anybody thought it was gonna be. You were predicting thirty million dollars like a few weeks out. So it, oh yeah. oh yeah. Oppenheimer, yeah. bigger oh, than oh. anybody thought it was gonna be. You've got this Taylor Swift movie that drops into people's lap. I'm sorry, event, not movie, event. Movie, Still, sure. it was in theaters and it made Bafo. Bobo. Yeah. Then you've got Five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah. Sound so, of Freedom. Sound of Freedom. So here's the thing is right. that things will come and replace these Marvel movies. We're yes. seeing it happen. Do not act like we have to hold on to the hem of right. these superheroes. Right. Because we're afraid that theaters are going to go under. They will not go under if Marvel does not make as many movies. Right. There are John people... Wayne died. John Wayne died. 
and movies dead. were still in theaters. And movie stay and movie theaters stayed open. They yes. buried him eight feet under just to be safe. Yeah. And movie theaters stayed open. They double right? locked the coffin. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No bell. No bell. No, no. And there's a guard still to make sure or down to us to make just to make sure. Yep. And and that's what's going on with John Wayne and the movie theater stayed open. So you could so, do the yeah. same thing to these superheroes and the movie theaters will stay open. Okay. Great. Let's get into what you wanted to start the show. Okay, well, with. we didn't. We didn't, so there's no okay. we don't have to let's I mean let's talk about this story because I mean, do you disagree? I think this is a huge story. I do think that I, so, so the basics of this story are there was going to be a uh, a comedic, you know, animated live action hybrid, a Roger Rabbit type film called uh, what is it? Acme v Coyote is that the the Coyote v Acme, and it was based on a comedic essay years ago. Wiley Coyote suing the Acme Corporation. It's a Looney Tunes film. John Cena was the uh, the lead live action star. And James Gunn co-wrote and was producing this film. So this was a movie okay. we had we had talked about it on this show, I think, when it was announced. It was one of those ideas that were like, this sounds fun. Sounds fun. And it's already made, it's already been been screening. Test screenings have been going out, and the announcement came out that it was Batgirled. Warner Brothers is shelving it, not to send it to cable, not to send it to HBO. It will never be seen. It is in the Jerry Lewis Holocaust Clown movie vault to mm -hmm. never be seen again to get a $30 million tax write-off on a movie that I think costs like $80 or $90 million, you know, like in that range. And it was supposed to be a theatrical release. And instead, they're taking a $30 million tax write-off to never use it in any way ever. And now, wait, are you sure that budget was that high? Maybe wasn't it was it less. A, it might have been. Wasn't it a $40 million budget? That that probably makes more sense. It was in that range. I don't think it could be any lower than that. You know, like this, this is meant to be a theatrical movie. But either way, it was. A, a movie with John Cena, you know, who is, listen, not a giant movie star, but the guy's in a lot of big movies. He's in a big show for Warner Brothers. You know, the Peacemaker show was a hit show for them. James yeah. Gunn. But but I, I feel like you're already poo-pooing this the story. Okay, I sorry. Think it's because I, I think it's because when the Batgirl decision was made last year, and this, I've been thinking about this a lot this weekend. I, in retrospect honestly feel bad at how flippant we were about the Batgirl move because you, you know, we were texting about this. You said it yourself. They came for Batgirl. We said nothing. And now here we are yeah. where this, uh, uh, James Gunn produced John Cena movie is sent to the Jerry Lewis Holocaust clown vault to never be seen again. I With think Roger Avery's glitterati with glitterati. Yes. Yes. And I do think this is a huge deal for several reasons. And the biggest one is Warner Brothers right now seems like a complete disaster of a studio. And, yeah. and you know, not to pile on to the all rich people are evil, blah, blah, blah. But 
this David Zasloff running Warner Brothers is someone who I think at this point is a, it has to go, has to go. Yeah. Not just because of his decision, but but putting the studio that made Goodfellas into this position where they are just fully a laughing stock is, I, I think, just just a detriment to the whole movie industry. Yeah, I think here's here's where okay. Let's get the facts right money-wise. $70 million yeah. production. They took a $30 million write-down. Yep. Great. So, so that's I was what pretty much, yeah. I, I I was pretty close on my guesstimate of the budget when I said 80 yeah. or $90 million. Yeah. So I think here's here's where we agree and here's where we disagree. Okay. Okay. Um, this movie would have done jack shit at the box office because no one gives a fuck about the Looney Tunes. You, but and John Cena. Hold on. Hold on. Okay, I'll let you speak, but this is going to be our biggest disagreement of all time. No, let me speak. John Cena is not a star. He does not put butts in seats. We've seen this. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. When does he put butts in seats, my friend? I know you're going to say kids movies, but those movies that he was in did not have $70 million budgets. Okay. Here's the thing. The Looney Tunes are as dead as the Muppets. They might as well be used used to wax Zasloff's car if they were actually physical. I mean, Muppets, you know, you can, you know, you can, Bob Iger can get a, a, a nice wax with the Muppets. That's what they're good for. Those two IPs are worth jack shit. Here's where we agree. Is that you need to be in the movie business to make movies. If you want to make money, then you should be in the porta potty business. If Zaslav wants to be the sort of person he is, where he's taking tax write-offs and he's doing all these things just to make money and save money, then he should be in the portable crapper business, not in the movie business. Because like you said, Warner Brothers, there was a level of, we're going to invest in these artists. We're going to invest in Clint. We're going to invest in Ben Affleck until he made one bad movie and then they threw him overboard. We're going to invest in filmmakers. And what Zasloff is doing is he doesn't give a shit what's being made. He only is looking at dollars. And that is bad for a movie company. Okay. That's where we agree is that it doesn't matter that I think this movie is going to make jack shit. I think it's important that the head of the studio is like, we like this movie. We believe in this movie. We want to be in a good place with this star and this writer and this producer. And we're going to put this out in theaters because that's what movie companies do. Well, totally agree there, though. I think that it, listen, it, of course it could have bombed. Of course. It would have Anything could bomb. It could have bombed. The, the, the word that you hear a lot on this since this news broke is a lot of people who've seen it saying it's really good. And listen, maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but that's a thing you didn't, when the back row movie came out and maybe there's other factors is why you weren't hearing that the word of people who saw it was that that was a pretty bad movie. Mm-hmm. And maybe there were other factors. Maybe people were biased against it for whatever reasons, but you never heard any defenders of this was really great. You know, the quality of this, it would have done well. You are hearing a lot of that about, this movie and i know the looney tunes ip is what it is but it could be good 
it's a it's a good idea. This this maybe everyone who said the test scores apparently were really high. People who saw it like this movie. You say it wouldn't have done anything. If a movie's good, it has recognizable IP. Listen, again, you're the guy who a few weeks out was saying Barbie was going to open a $30 million. The Looney Tunes are not Barbie. John Cena is no. not Margot Robbie, all that. But but this is a $30 million write-off. Betting that this movie and movie theaters couldn't possibly have made a profit versus $30 million write-off. It's like you said, if you're a movie studio, you, you have to put these movies out. Yeah. Because, because in the end, say this movie came out and made $20 million total. And, and so what do you make? And of course, I know there's marketing costs to put a movie in the movie theaters. But if you're penny pinching because you just think that this $30 million write-off will probably make you more money by a million or two than what you would have get if you put this movie out in theaters, fold up the entire studio. Mm-hmm. Fold up the entire studio. And like you said... He, and that's the thing with what David Zasloff is. He just happens to be in charge of the movie studio. Yeah. But for him, he's a guy who five years from now will not be in the entertainment business. He'll be a CEO yep. because once yep. you're a CEO, you're a CEO for life. And he'll be running a phone company or a butt plug company mm-hmm. or, you know, some kind of like data mining hat company something like that and he'll be making 80 million dollars a year and he'll be a ceo he's not going to be in the movie business yes but right now warner brothers is stuck with him being the head of the studio and that is mm-hmm. at this point i think a, a job like i do think this movie being shelved is a huge problem for the movie business because this is a movie testing well you know, recognizable IP, recognizable star, James Gunn, huge, huge name talent as a writer producer on this. And if this movie is shelved, I do think at this point, anything could possibly shelved. Like again, Superman could Wiley, get shelved. Yes. Superman could get shelved. Wiley Coyote is not Barbie, but there is a world where a few months before Barbie comes out, David Zaslav looks at that movie and says, you know what? We'll get X amount of dollars if we never put Barbie in theaters. There is a world in which David Zaslav never put Barbie in the movie theaters. Because uh, th- this this is not, uh, this comes down to, it's something he needs to do at the end of the year to ensure that the stockholders get a certain amount of dividend. He gets a bonus. And again, not to sound someone who's, well, corporations are all evil. They are, but not to make that the reason no, I'm saying yeah. this. No, but but it all comes down to, in this moment, end of year, he shelved this movie because it'll do X, Y, and Z for him. And if things broke differently, that would have been Barbie. Because to See, him, he doesn't know the difference between any yeah. of these movies. Batgirl, Barbie, Wile E. Coyote versus Acme. They're all the same thing. So if Barbie was being released at a time where it would have made sense for him to write it off as a tax refund, that would have happened. And I think that is the thing that this story, why this is such a giant story, because any movie Warner Brothers makes could possibly get Batgirl, could possibly get Acme Coyote. It could have been Barbie. It yeah, could be I, any I, movie. I any think movie. that 
that is such a great point because if you're James Gunn and you are now in charge of DC and you wrote this movie and you shepherded this movie and your boss says, oh, well, you know what? It's not worth it to release this. So we're going to take the $30 million, which is so that, small. That, that does not that does not inspire confidence. Right. Right. In what you're trying to do with DC. It also keeps other artists away because, yes. you know, remember. Nolan left uh, Warner Brothers because of their yep. day and date strategy. Yep. And he had a huge he's the he's bigger than he has ever been. He is bigger yes. now than he was when he was doing Batman movies. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And so he is a guy you want to come and work for your company and make money and make movies for you. And he left Warner Brothers and that is a stain on them. And yes. that's so he it's saw one of those coming. things. Nolan saw this coming. He saw Zaslav. He, he, and, 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 you know, this is not my saying. This is the you saying. He read him for filth. He looked at David Zaslav and he read him for filth back in mm -hmm. the summer of 2020, 2021. He knew what David Zaslav was about to do at Warner Brothers and he got the hell out of there. And Nolan was our dead horse that we were kicking. To, to a pulp back at the time of Tenet. But, but that guy, he saw the future when it came to Warner Brothers. Yeah, and the thing, and that's the thing is that he is taking short money. He is taking short yeah. money and not think, because the reason, you said it exactly, because the guy's not going to be there in three years because no. he's a, he's a, he's a, uh, he's a corporate bozo yes. who does this for a living, he comes yeah. to companies and he cuts the fat and then he leaves and he goes somewhere else and he doesn't gotcha. care how how it looks to us as people who care about movies. His previous role, the way that he became the head of the studio that made Goodfellas, the studio that made Clockwork Orange, Warner Brothers, one of the, the most famous movie uh, uh, studios of all time, he came to it as the guy who was the head of Discovery the network that brought you Dr. Pimple Popper. And mm -hmm. then the reason Warner Brothers is in such giant debt is not because that Warner Brothers the last 10, 20 years has had a bad run at the movies, not because their TV shows weren't making money, not because HBO subscribers were going down. None of that is true. Warner Brothers as a movie studio, as a TV uh, network, HBO, those were all doing fine. The reason the company's in debt is because the cell phone company bought Warner Brothers years ago and then didn't want to run a movie studio anymore. And Discovery, which is a 10th rate conglomeration of cable networks. They make bought, trash. They make bought, nothing good. They all make trash. They all make trash. And they're also not as big as people thought they were. They mm -hmm. bought Warner Brothers by, collect, by going into debt. They were a smaller company buying a bigger company. So just filling up with debt in order to make that deal. So therefore, the Warner Brothers company now has all this debt that he has to deal with, you know, by getting rid of movies. So the Warner Brothers movie studio is in trouble by no fault of being a movie studio. This no, is not because no. the Harry Potter movies didn't make enough money. Yeah. You know, that is not the reason why. Warner Brothers movie studio is in such trouble. It only has to do with David Zaslav 
buying them with Discovery. It listen, that is a simplified version of it, but that is basically it. Zaslav, yep. by nature of him wanting to own it, put them into debt and is and now just canning movies, sending them to the Holocaust clown Jerry Lewis vault so that yeah. he could make up some of the debt that he created. And I agree. I agree that this movie is going to symbolize something more than it actually is. Right. And I totally agree that we were too glib when it came to Batwoman. We were glib. We were glib. We were glib. glib. We were glib. And hashtag forgive us, Batgirl. Yes. And I think, you know, it goes back to the Scorsese Apple thing where everybody's blasting us and blasting Apple for Scorsese, this movie being theatrical, it didn't make as much movie as uh, as money, much money as Oppenheimer and blah, blah, it's a failure, blah, blah. And we went over this and we said it. It's because Apple wants to be in the movie making business. Yes. And they yeah. want to be with someone like Scorsese because Scorsese brings other people. Yes. You know what taking a $30 million write down on a Looney Tunes movie does? It dissuades anybody right. who thought they could go to Warner Brothers and make a movie that they wanted to make and have right. any sort of artistic expression in this corporate environment. It is going to lose them money in the long run. And guess what, though? It doesn't matter to him because Zaslav is going to be on some fucking beach somewhere. Yes, yes. Or in another corporate boardroom doing the same shit. Yes, yes. He'll be selling, you know, electric porta potties. And he'll be the CEO Which is a business he should be in. That's what I'm saying. I I would love it if he was the one... Who was the CEO of my the porta potty that I I sit on? Yes. Well, I'll never sit on a porta potty, but you're you're working in the you know down in the salt mines and you're covered in soot, so you need a a great porta potty company out there. And yeah, I, I I that's what David Zaslav should be doing. But look at Barbie, Warner mm-hmm. Brothers, you know, big hit that. Again, we look at it. That movie could have been shelved if it was scheduled at a certain point of the year where David Zasoff was looking for a tax refund. Mm-hmm. Greta Gerwig directs the biggest movie of the year, one of the biggest, you know, sort of directorial box office hits of the decade. And in the past, that would have been a director that Warner Brothers builds a, a building for on the studio lot and yes. says, your next 10 years worth of movies, we're here for you. And that didn't happen. She went to Netflix, and we hate that because Netflix doesn't put movies in the movie theaters. But I think that shows you the state of Warner Brothers and the way this town and the big talent looks at David Zasloff. The fact that Greta Gerwig coming off of Barbie didn't immediately get signed to a Warner Brothers deal. That she didn't want it that they didn't move heaven and earth to make that happen. That shows you what the big, big talent in Hollywood think of Warner brothers. And it's only getting worse coming off of this Acme V coyote uh, situation. And you know what is Clint still is, is Clint doing juror number two with Warner brothers? Uh, you know, I, I'm not sure because coming off of his last movie, Warner Brothers made it sound like they were out of the Clint business. I Cry don't Macho. know if juror number two, yeah, after Cry Macho, 
is a Warner Brothers film. That's the one where someone's on a jury and they Nicholas realize Holt is on a jury. Nicholas Holt is on a jury, and he re- and yes, that is being distributed by Warner Brothers. It, it may never come out. That movie, this Clint Eastwood directed film starring Nicholas Holt, great premise. Someone's on a jury, and as the case starts, they realize they're the one who committed the crime. Amazing premise. Clint Eastwood, one of the best directors of all time. Nicholas Holt, not a box office star, but a really fine actor. Mm-hmm. That movie, Juror Number Two, it's Warner Brothers. There's no guarantee that movie will ever, ever be seen by anyone other than test screenings and Allison Eastwood. I'll tell you what. If Juror Number Two becomes a casualty of Zasloff, I do think that's when Hollywood does stand up. Oh, well, I, that's when I, that's when Zasloff becomes a, a, a casualty of of, of Clint uh, Eastwood with Magnum. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. Now it's but juror number two. Is supposed he to should be go out film. that way. Honestly, Clint Eastwood going out murdering a billionaire studio head. Well, be careful. Be careful here. Be careful here. No. No. I, okay. You're right. You're right. You're right. I'm just saying in a, in a movie that's a great movie yes. for him is what I'm saying. So great because movie for Clint Eastwood. You almost stepped in it there, uh, but juror, I, 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 you sidestepped it. No, side-stepped no, there's no, yeah. there's no shit on the boot. No. Juror number two is supposed to be Clint's final film. It's not going to be his final film, huh? No, huh? There's no way. If juror number two comes out, it's a hit, which it, I think it could be. I, because oh, the mule made over a hundred million dollars, not that well, long ago. Okay? But Hey, Zaslov could get a $15 million tax write down on juror number two. And that's the thing. If that happens, if they do a tax write down on juror number two, which is Clint's final film, I think all hell breaks loose. I think that's the one. If Acme didn't, if Batwoman didn't do it and Acme didn't do it, juror number two will do it. And yeah. you know what? You're right. The fact that juror number two ain't safe, that makes Warner Brother, Warner Brothers and Zaslav look like idiots yeah he said you said it you wow 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 i mean talk about cutting the shit yeah talk about cutting the shit there yeah i I do think this story is going to get bigger because again people in the industry do seem mad and and i think it is because the people have seen this apparently this is a good fun movie is this is this no, no is this likely a best pick of course not uh, it's going to get better made. and better with retelling. Come on. This thing is oh. probably going to be fine. All right. It, it let's, let's, let's not cause the quality I, I, of this say, movie means nothing. No, I do think, well, listen, they, no matter what this movie should have been released, but I do think there is a difference between a movie that if everyone sees and they're like, man, this is damaging. If we put this out versus a movie that is probably pretty good for what it is. You know, this is not trying to be an Oscar movie. It's trying to be a family comedy animation at live action hybrid comedy movie. If by all accounts, this movie is succeeds in what it was supposed to do and it still gets shelved, that is a bigger deal than if it's a disaster. Because there have always been movies that have been disasters and then they get shelved to some degree. They wind up in video stores. They wind up somewhere. You know, this is a different case where you can never see it again. But bad movies have always had their releases tabled, reduced, whatever. That's part of the movie making business. But a movie that is really good and the, or 
or good, you know, succeeds in what it was supposed to do, which I, I believe this movie probably did. And okay. it's, listen, it was co-written by James Gunn. So why would we think it didn't pull it off? He's a good comedy yes. movie writer. So I'm sure this is pretty good. And this is the type of thing that for whatever Cena does well, this is probably his wheelhouse, right? Yes. So I would, uh, I would bet those reports are probably accurate-ish. This is probably good. And... That I do think makes this worse because nothing is safe. You know what I mean? Nothing, nothing Warner yeah. Brothers makes it safe. A filmmaker after Batgirl could say to themselves or be told by Warner Brothers executives, hey, listen, that was really a disaster. We couldn't show it. You know, this would harm the brands. It was really, really bad. If people in Hollywood believe that this Acme movie was good, then they go into any deal with Warner Brothers knowing nothing they do can guarantee the movie they make will be released. It doesn't matter if they succeed or not. And well, that harms theatrical because then you have people like Bradley Cooper going to Netflix. You have Greta Gerwig going to Netflix, yes. right? Why was Maestro not Warner Brothers? Yes, yes. Right? And it's like, that's, you are- Warner you Brothers are not having Cooper and Greta Gerwig in the stable after Star is Born and Barbie- I mean, obviously, the Cooper thing wasn't Zaslov, but I do think Gerwig not making a movie for Warner Brothers coming off of Barbie, that's, that's Zaslov. Yeah. That's Zaslov. That's her I mean, not having any faith in this Warner Brothers regime. 15, 10, 15 years ago, uh, Maestro gets made at Warner Brothers. It, it just does. Right. You know, because that's a place where Cooper would want to be. Right. Now it's like, who knows? Uh, yeah. So it's so when 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 people are glib, when we were glib about Batwoman and people are glib about Acme, Batgirl, Batgirl, Batgirl sorry, uh, people are glib about Batgirl and glib about Acme. I mean, this is going to reverberate through theatrical just in general, because it's yes. going to send these really great filmmakers to streaming where yes. their movies are going to die. And where the actual, you know, joy of going to see a movie in a theater is going to die. I mean, that's the problem. And, and listen, maybe it, you know, that's the worst case. You know, Greta Gerwig and Bradley Cooper ending up on Netflix rather than theatrical releases. That's the worst case scenario. I yes. mean, it's kill, it kills us that Greta Gerwig's post-Barbie movie is, is not going to get box office. Mm -hmm. But... Maybe there will be the cases like with Christopher Nolan going to Universal to make Oppenheimer where there will be big filmmakers, big talent who would have went to Warner Brothers and will make their movies at Universal at Apple, which is a streamer, but gives you a real theatrical releases. Napoleon is coming out in a few weeks. Yeah. And it's being treated as just a big old movie. Love in it. Big old theaters. And Universal, Paramount, and studios that are still releasing big movies. Maybe Universal will just continue to benefit. You know, they'll mm -hmm. steal away the Nolans. Maybe Bradley Cooper gets the Leonard Bernstein thing out of his system, and his next movie is Universal. God willing. Or Sony. Who knows? Sony. Or Sony. And of course, Sony. Good things. You know, so, but it, it just, this story, I do think it ain't over. I do think this is going to oh, have no. legs. And you've got people like, you know, James Gunn's going to have to keep his, his mouth shut because he wants to make these DC movies. He wants to make Superman. Yeah. But, 
and John Cena, listen, he's a he's a good soldier and he's got peacemaker, but I think those are people who are so well liked in the industry. Of course, John Cena's not a giant movie star and all that, but he is someone who I think I think there I think it sends a shiver down the spine of big talent when they see a movie starring John Cena produced and written by James Gunn that gets the Holocaust clown vault treatment because yeah for for the but for the grace of god that could be me oh yeah because i mean again i like cena and i think he's really good in things again not butts in the seeds but again yeah he is a guy that from all we've heard easy to work with yep does great work yep and that doesn't matter it's not like here's this guy who's a big asshole so let's stick it to him right right and it's like, that's, you know, this isn't Mickey Rourke. This, this isn't is John Cena. Okay? If Zaslav shelved a Mickey Rourke movie, Hollywood would be like, and, and, you know, if you're watching on YouTube, you'll see what I'm doing. I'm doing the hitting the inside of my elbow movement, which is like F you. I'm doing yeah, it's that. It's an Italian thing. It's a, it's an ethnic thing. It's an ethnic thing. So you got to watch us on YouTube to see that. That's what Hollywood would be saying to Mickey Rourke if Zaslav shelved a mickey rourke star but john Mm -hmm. cena everyone loves john cena everyone loves john cena yeah i mean we'll be covering this this acme v wiley coyote the other thing that you know the reporting is saying is that there were offers from other studios to buy this and i think that is what's scary here yes is that this is not a Batgirl situation where obviously you can't really sell that movie because it's dc and yeah you know it's gross other studios wanted to buy this movie to release it, whether it's on their streamers, you know, or theatrical use, not that clear, but there was interest out there offers on the table. Let us buy this movie. And Warner brothers, Zasloff said, Nope, tax write off. We need that immediate cash. We need the $30 million. $30 million. Listen, I wouldn't laugh at $30 million if it was in my bank account. But when you're talking about a company this big, $30 million is a piss in a bucket. But they've got hundreds of million of debt just by virtue of Zaslav wanting to buy it three years ago. Yep. So so they are just in full penny-pinching mode. This is going to be a huge story. Um, I actually do – I mean, I guess it's got to stick. You know, because it's the U.S. government's involved. It's tax situation. You can't just last a minute say, oh, no, we renege on that. And it's dropping on HBO Max next week, you know, and we'll pay. that. That's not going to happen. But here's what I predict. I do think this is a movie that could get leaked. You know, I, I think that there is such a and it didn't happen with Batgirl, but. Well, because that again, I think that was embarrassing for all parties. I mean, was, here's 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 my big take on that one. You know, only from word of mouth. Brendan yeah. Fraser don't win no Oscar if that movie le- gets leaked. That's Possibly a Norbit not. situation. That's a Norbit situation. Although he he won for a Norbit situation, so I don't know. I don't <laughs> know. Brendan he Fraser actually did win Norbit. for Norbit, so that is that does put yeah. a wrinkle into it. Yeah, I think Brendan Fraser was actually Norbit proof last year, even if Batgirl was bad and came out. But I, 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 there's, there's such an uproar right now about this Acme v Coyote movie. Mm-hmm. I, I do wonder if it gets leaked, if, if something happens at the eleventh hour. But we'll be covering this. Well, so, I'll be checking Pornhub for it. 
Yeah. Yeah. And only for that. And only for that. But yeah. we have to do it for our, our listeners. We mm-hmm. have to check Pornhub to see if the Wiley Coyote movie gets leaked there. Yeah. And that is the only leaking we will be looking for on Pornhub. Yes. 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 When we click, when we search leakage on Pornhub, yeah. it is because we're looking for the Wiley Coyote v. Acme movie on there. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. So listen, Clayton, we've got to get to the after BO. Yes. The web exclusive on YouTube. We got to get to that. And on that show, I'll just tease it right here. We're going to be talking Saturday night live, mm-hmm. the new episode starring Timothy Chalamet full review of that episode over on the YouTube channel on the after BO. But I think just on this episode, we just have to at least just mention because this is so specific to the the BO Boys podcast show. And and a listener reached out to me about this already. That at the end of this episode, Timothy Chalamet hosted Saturday Night Live. And I mean, I, I'm kind of shaking just saying this because I, I, I couldn't believe that it happened. During the good nights, he ended the show. And this is, mind you, on live national television. I cannot stress this enough. Saturday Night Live, live national television. Timothy Chalamet, who once wore the iconic legendary hoodie as an act of protest, he came out wearing an Oompa hoodie on SNL to close the show this week. Now, was it an Oompa Oompa. hoodie or a sweater? It was a, so it was a, it was a hooded sweatshirt. It was not a a zip up hoodie. So it was, yes, it was a hoodie, not a zip up hoodie. It was like a pullover hoodie. Okay. You know what I mean? It's still a hoodie. It was a, a hoodie with the pockets that I think don't have a middle in them. So you could like go all the way across, you know, you put your hands in the pockets and you could just go all the way out the other end. I think it was that type of hoodie, but it was a pullover hoodie, not a zip up hoodie. Okay. Um, so a different hoodie that because the, the iconic, uh, legendary hoodie he wore back in 2021 to protest the Warner brothers day and date release of Dune, that was a zip up hoodie. And this Saturday he wore an Oompa hoodie. I think it was, I don't think it was a protest. I think it was a celebration hoodie. Yes. This was a, this was a celebratory hoodie. This was a celebratory hoodie. Um, so, but, but the thing is he did it again. He did it again on live national television. He went out there with a hoodie that made news. He Mm -hmm. wore the Oompa hoodie. And and, definitely we'll talk about this in the after BO. Yeah. Yeah. So we got to get to that. So of course, everyone, if you haven't already, subscribe to the B.O. Boys YouTube channel. You see me making the ethnic gesture, uh, you know, that F.U. gesture of putting my hand on my inner elbow. So you could see that on the YouTube version of the show. Of course, we've got the web exclusive after B.O. show. We'll be talking SNL right after this. So you got to subscribe to the YouTube channel. It's the after show. Who knows what gestures we'll be making? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, the, 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 you know, open the gates. On the on the after bo anything could happen so go subscribe to us on YouTube, follow us on social medias of course TikTok, Twitter X. Wanna bo senior intern Christopher is killing it with the vertical clips there. He's putting clips on our YouTube channel. The man is a clip machine. So of course follow us at the bo boys pod on Twitter X and TikTok. Of course, 
Um, email us the bo boys podcast at gmail.com. Again, thank you, OG BO Boy Austin, mm-hmm. for a great email. Guy nailed it on the opening week in the morning. Nailed it. Fucking nailed it. Fucking nailed it. So thank you, Austin. Email us the BO Boys Podcast at gmail.com. Five stars on Apple Podcasts. Uh Substack. We have a Substack, and we've got a new article from Wannabeo Junior Intern Jack that is going to be going up by the time this episode is up. You'll be seeing the new article on our Substack from Jack, and it is a doozy. It is his thoughts on the opening weekend of the Marvels, and Love it. man, he does not hold back. So yeah. we get the youth's perspective. So subscribe at our Substack link in the show notes. And five stars on Apple Podcasts, and 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 I think that's it. I think a well, huge preview episode possibly coming up with Scott Mendelson, you know, schedule permitting on his end. But it, it's just a huge, huge time right now for the Bo Boys. Oh, absolutely, and and just you know, a one of Bo Boy Austin OG. Let's just give a shout out to his movie on Tubi, Slap Straight. Yeah, Luminary Figures. Yeah, he's uh, he's killing it. You know, he's he's in the business. So he yep. knows the business. That's why he, he can nail it the way he does. And here's the thing. I I have been watching Slap Straight. It is very funny. Austin is killing it in that. He plays a, a mafia boss. Great performance. I mean, his performance in the movie is on par with his performance as a guest on the B.O. Boys, which nice. says a lot. Yes. So you've got to check out Slap Straight on Tubi. And you look at talent like Austin the people who made slap straight are right now. Sure. They're going to have to take a movie, uh, take a meeting with Warner brothers. They're going to have to listen to slap straight Two or some of their other ideas. Maybe we make it at Warner brothers, but they're going to be antsy about it. Oh yeah. They make slap straight Two for Warner brothers. Does Warner brothers shelve it. Does it never get to be mm-hmm. right? You know, probably not. You make them. You make a deal with Tubi. Tubi's going to put your movie on Tubi. You make a deal with Warner Brothers. Your movie may never be in theaters. Your movie may never be on Max and never be on TNT. Never seen. Never seen. Never seen. We could see Slap Straight because the deal was made with Tubi, but we'll never see James Gunn, John Cena, Coyote v. Acme because of David Zaslav. Pat, I I mean, I'm going to steal your line. I think we did it. We did it. We did it. There's nothing left to say, Clay. Except for it. Until next time. We'll smell you at the box office. Nail, nailed it. <laughs>